Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey there, this is the spoken edition of Wired. No one wins the Machiavellian game of Trump versus the press by Adam Rogers. Hello and welcome to Who Extorted It Better? Time to meet our contestants. One is an avid user of Twitter, frequent golfer, and the leader of the most powerful nation on earth, Donald Trump. The other is a major international news organization full of great journalists and run by bean-counting execs who helped put Donald Trump in office, CNN. Ready? And extort! Ooh, strong opening move from the president, hinting that if CNN continued its critical coverage of his administration, well, Trump might have his regulatory agencies withhold approval of a merger between CNN's parent corporation, Time Warner, and the telecommunications giant AT&T. Plenty of good reason you and I might not want a transnational company to own a massive chunk of the world's bandwidth, as well as a giant news outlet, a legacy movie studio, and DC Comics. But as New York Magazine pointed out, making that merger incumbent upon showing news favorable to the president, ooh, yeah, points on the board for President Trump. But coming back with a pile driver of a response, here's CNN, letting someone from corporate, probably a lawyer, insert a line into a story by investigative journalist Andrew Kaczynski about a gif of the president posted on Twitter. This, let me just emphasize, is a thing that happens. The gif itself showed the president in a professional wrestling context. Again, a thing that happens. Tackling a person whose face has been replaced with the CNN logo. Again, I'm forced to say, a thing that happens. Does that encourage violence against the press? Maybe. Was it meant to be a joke? Probably. Did it come from a racist shit poster who goes by the name Han Asshole Solo? It did. None of which necessarily makes it okay for CNN to withhold its true identity and then say that CNN reserves the right to publish his identity should any of that change. The right-wing media and its adherents quickly spun that into hashtag CNN blackmail. As Glenn Greenwald wrote on The Intercept, it reeks of corporate bullying and creepy censorship. So, who extorted it better? 
And while the president has a reality television star's instinct for narrative arcs and not the kind that bend toward justice. In that sense, Trump must continually elevate the press that covers him, not only because the structure of his argument requires an enemy, a heel to his face in pro-wrestling parlance, but because he needs to frame some element of society as an unregulated check on his presidency. He predicated his presidency on winning. When he loses, it must be because the game is rigged. Now, it's tempting to think of this rhetorical deployment as Machiavellian, and I think it is, but not in the sense of the prince, Niccolò Machiavelli's 1513 work of political philosophy that embraced scheming, backroom deals, violence, and direct-to-camera asides in a dodgy southern accent. That book specifically focuses on states with one ruler. To deal with republics, though, Machiavelli wrote another book, Discourses on the First Ten Books of Titus Livy, which came out in 1531. Its discourses, nominally about Rome but really about contemporary Florence and Venice, that says more about how President Trump is dealing with the press. Machiavelli starts out by setting up three kinds of government and how they all go wrong. Monarchies turn into tyranny, aristocracies become oligarchies, and democracies tend toward anarchy unless you can triangulate them so they check and balance each other. You get a king, a body of nobles, and a body of commoners. In other words, an executive and a legislative body with an upper and lower house. Smart! Because this was the early 1500s, the judicial branch basically serves at the pleasure of both the other two, and the press doesn't exist yet. This is super important. The printing press isn't even a century old when Machiavelli is writing. The first newsletters don't show up for another two decades. The idea of an independent journalism doesn't really emerge until the 1600s. And the modern idea of a fair, free, watchdoggy press is a response to the Industrial Revolution. Machiavelli is trying to work out how to govern with no external oversight except a generally unruly populace. So, critical to governing under those circumstances, Machiavelli says, are what we'd probably call civil society. Men never behave well unless compelled, and that whenever they are free to act as they please and are under no restraint, everything falls at once into confusion and disorder, he writes. And then later, the demands of a free people are hurtful to freedom, since they originate either in being oppressed or in the fear that they are about to be so. And under those conditions, one of the most important things you have to figure out is how to deal with individuals the populace doesn't like. A society has two routes, Machiavelli says. Calumny, which is basically letting the mob troll someone to death, or impeachment, which I know is a trigger word right now, but in 1531 it just meant a system of courts and fair trials. It is before the magistrates, the people or the courts of justice that men are impeached, but in the streets and marketplaces that they are calumniated. Calumny, therefore, is most rife in that state wherein impeachment is least practice. Well, putting aside for a moment how great a word calumniated is, his point here is that without trials, you get riots and assassinations. In a niftily meta-Machiavellian move, he says that even if you have a built-out civil society, a system, a sufficiently smart bad guy can game it. Some, indeed, have made use of calumny as a means for raising themselves to power and have found their advantage in traducing eminent citizens who withstood their designs. 
for by taking the part of the people and confirming them in their ill opinion of these great men, they made them their friends, he writes. Now, let's freeze on that. Show that someone is an enemy of the people and you become the people's friend. This is populism in its most dangerous form. In President Trump's construction, that enemy is the press. Now, for sure, ham-fisted legalisms like CNN reserves the right to publish his identity play into that narrative, because the press's best defense against accusations of misuse of power used to be powerless. That's why the press is a constitutionally protected class. At its best, it comforts the afflicted and afflicts the comfortable with true facts. It serves as another tier of a checks and balances powered republic, a fourth estate after the executive, legislative and judiciary branches of government delineated in the main bar of the same document. The press doesn't have subpoena power or hearings or trials or a uniformed service. All it has are questions. And the only reason anyone, you, me, famous movie stars, soldiers, scientists, presidents, ever answers those questions is that they trust journalism as an institution, on par with those other three estates, to police its own ethics and behaviour. But for that to work, the press has to have a clean, transparent relationship with its audience too. Everyone has to believe that, in general, journalists will comport themselves ethically. And that makes it safe to talk to them and safe to read what they write. Technology, the medium of the media, has transformed the intimacy of that relationship and strained its trust. Back in the print era, when, to be sure, the press was powerful, don't argue with anyone who buys ink by the barrel, etc., the press was still a few outlets to many, locavore sort of system. Nat new mediums skewed the ratio, focusing and amplifying the press's power. Radio was few to most people. Television was few to all. Cable television was many to all. And social media and the internet have created an unprecedented new iteration. All to all. That's why Facebook can spread fake news and Google can influence election outcomes. All to all media evolved at just about the same time as the local press as anyone had come to understand it mostly withered. Public relations, advertising and politics had all learned long before that people prefer to hear things they agree with. Entertainment learned to disguise itself as news at the moment real news went into crisis. So what might have been decades ago a compact between an audience and a trusted source of information, we'll tell you who this gift-making guy is if you need us to, sows into something repugnant. At the same moment the president claims that the press is dangerous and has too much power, a press outlet, out of an overabundance of corporate caution, does something that looks like a dangerous abuse of power. This inversion plunks us all into the darkest possible timeline, the one where a president can jokingly hint at violence against reporters and his adherents feel empowered to threaten it more overtly. On Friday, President Trump spent more than two hours with his Russian counterpart Vladimir Putin at the meeting of the G20 countries in Hamburg. And afterward, Putin, as Machiavellian a leader as anyone could ask for, joked about the journalists who hurt the president. Presidents have more power than reporters, especially in Russia, where 82 journalists have been killed since 1993, most of them covering politics, corruption and crime. But the fix is in now. The president says you can't trust the press, and the press says you can't trust the president.
If Machiavelli is right, that's a recipe for an apocalypse. A people deceived by a false show of advantage will often labor for its own destruction, and unless convinced by someone whom it trusts that the course on which it is bent is pernicious, and that some other is to be preferred, will bring infinite danger and injury upon the state, he writes. And should it so happen, as sometimes is the case, that from having been deceived before, either by men or by events, there is none in whom the people trust, their ruin is inevitable. I learned a new word from the estimable writer Steve Silberman the other day, kayfabe. It's pro-wrestling jargon for the long arc narrative, the soap opera that plays out beyond the ring. The idea of kayfabe reminded me of that New York article pointing out that CNN President Jeff Zucker was instrumental in bringing Donald Trump to prominence when Zucker was at NBC making The Apprentice. But a Politico post that made social media rounds last week about a party at Lally Weymouth's house in the Hamptons felt even more like a look behind the American kayfabe curtain. Former Washington Post owner Don Graham... Weymouth's brother and, over full disclosure, my uber boss when I worked at Newsweek back in the 1990s, gave a toast in front of Jared and Ivanka Trump and Steven Spielberg and a Koch brother and Senator Chuck Schumer and Kellyanne Conway and, well, it's getting tough to tell the pigs from the men. Who extorted it better? They all did. But let's take a dutiful look at the scoreboard anyway, folks. The president seems to have attempted to make the fundamentals of journalism contingent upon his whims. Gosh, nice little free republic you've got here. It'd be a shame if something was to happen to it. But CNN sure ate its own foot. Somehow, the audience says, that's a tie? And that's how power dynamics work. No matter what you think of the press, a tie goes to the president. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.